I am always right. Right? Because it's obvious, you know, that those other people are certainly wrong. See, look, I found these statistics. They prove what I wanted to prove. And here, I have this piece of information, and of course, it confirms my perspective. I'll just continue living in the world, cultivating my own small, familiar world, holding my bias tightly, my opinions ignorantly, because it is easier to just feel how I want than to open up to the reality that the world is always more complex than that. So find the statistics. They are always there. Find the details that build your predetermined outcome. They are always there. And forget that. Your myopia. Your failure to see beyond yourself isn't going to help anything. We will all just keep spinning circles around our cyclical mess. So then, dear friend, hold tight to your bias. Ignore any sense of cooperation. And remember that those who have the strongest opinions are the ones who have thought the least about them. Keep justifying your familiarity, keep hating what you don't understand, and keep not trying to understand. Keep yelling, keep defending your inherited positions with your cold hands gripping with massed uncertainty the cold steel of your mental rifle. Keep recklessly paralyzing what might be helpful for the sake of your agenda. Keep informing your uninformed absolutes because the world would be so much better if we were all just like you, if we were all as enlightened as you, if we could just see what you see. But let's not talk about what you fail to see so that we can ensure nothing good will come of this. Be ignorant, be hostile, be disinterested in whatever you might not know so long as nothing changes and nothing pushes you and you feel better about obviously being better. Be a full cup that no new water can enter into. Be so ingrained in what you were handed that you never look for anything else, that you blindly accept what is so clearly obvious to you that you don't listen, for we often fear that maybe, just maybe, we might be wrong. So, I suppose, you just need to do nothing. Don't know the complex reality of the world. Don't search. Don't learn. Don't explore. Don't feel. Don't unfold yourself and therefore allow this global mass of life and its creatures to unfold. Don't see beyond your eyes, which is actually failing to see it all. And everything will be alright. Well, at least everything will remain in the mess that it is. Live in that small world. And you won't be happy that you do. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Becoming Human. Uh, my name is Tyler Kleberger. And the goal of this show is just to uncover tools to help us live better. And hopefully, you know, us living better leads to building a better world. So we explore anything that we can get our hands on and then we consider, all right, so what do we do with this? My job, as I see it, is just to facilitate that discovery. And um, first and foremost, that means I'm my own audience. So anything I'm putting on here, this is all stuff I'm trying to learn more about and do better myself. 
but I feel like I might as well just share it with all of you too. So that's what we're going to do today. And specifically, we're going to explore one of the few topics that we can say deals with every single human being. This is seriously one of the most discussed concepts in written history and also one of the biggest causes of conflict among human beings. So today, we are going to talk about your perspective. Your particular lens on the world that shapes what you experience, how you experience it, and how you live based on how you understand all of those experiences. And all of this is just to lead us to the elusive topic we've been heading toward for the last several episodes called map making. So let's get into it. Let's learn, let's grow, and let's become more human. Before we begin the rambunctious journey that is ahead of us, I just wanted to say I really do appreciate all of you who give up your precious time to listen to this. Thank you. And um, I would ask that, hey, if you're listening and something impacts you or you feel that it is valuable, one of the biggest things you can do to help me is to share the show. You know, this podcast isn't for everyone. I mean, you know, we're talking about perspective, which is something that deals with everyone's lives, but I get it. Uh, I don't think that everybody cares to learn about this stuff, but there are some people who do. I also don't know who all of those people in the world are. And the primary way that those folks will know that this exists is if you tell them about it. And, uh, you know, for those of you still listening. Um, subscribing is one of the greatest compliments you can give me. So if you're listening, you're on a streaming service, you know, I'd be honored. You take a second, pause the show, hit one of those buttons, subscribe or follow or whatever button they have there. Um, huge thank you for that. And, you know, if you're into this stuff, you can find more articles and resources at tylerklebergood.com. I'm always writing about things and trying to share content and um, do a lot of different stuff. So um, there's also a way there you can sign up and I'll email you whenever a new article or podcast episode comes out, if you're into that. So let's, uh, let's move towards this. And um, one thing that, especially after today or after any episode that you listen to, if you want to ask questions or share thoughts or ideas, or you just want to continue a conversation from an episode, we can certainly do that. You, know, you find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, any of those platforms. I'd love to hear your thoughts and uh, continue these episodes in any way you'd like. So that all being said, I do have a question for you as we begin exploring the nature of your perspective. If you are in a room with 100 people, what is something you know more about or are better at than at least 80 of those people, right? Like what's something that you know a lot about? Okay, and occasionally this amounts to just a simple way to get someone to consider what they're good at. You know, I, I like I like asking people this question or, you know, what are you above average at? That's a, just a way to get them to think about that. And, uh, you know, often someone will express usually with reluctance, you know, there's particular hobby or category of existence or some field, you know, maybe it's a person or a place or a specific concept, uh, some expertise you have. Maybe, you know, you know a lot about food 
or anthropology or being a parent or to your children, you know, or maybe you're like really big about you have a great way to store Tupperware, something like that. What is something that you know a lot about? And that's a fair question because you're just comparing what you know compared to, you know, what others might know about that. But now I want you to think about it this way. What's something that you know a lot about, but don't know everything about? Like, is there something that you know every single element of information about? There's a philosopher named Nicholas Cusa, who had a lot of thoughts on this subject of human perspective. And he said this, quote, Observable reality is full of contradictions that show how little we humans know. The more you learn, the more you see how ignorant we are. And he called this learned ignorance basically a way of saying that our knowledge is incredibly limited. Now, like I mentioned, almost every single philosopher that we have written record of had something to say about this issue that seems, you know, so prevalent with human beings. And there is a name for this. It's called epistemology, which is all about how do we know things? How can we know anything at all? Can we know everything about something? Or simply asking, like, what's the best way to know things? What does it mean for knowledge to be known by humans And why do humans tend to understand things differently, right? Like if knowledge were so easy, why can't we all just have access to all the same information so everyone can be on the same page? But what appears to be true is that we all know different things and we come to know different things in different ways and we end up with very different perspectives. I mean, have you ever, have you ever considered this? You know, even if you didn't use the word epistemology, How come, you know, we can look at the same topic and have the same information, but why do people see and understand and interact with the world so differently, even if they have all of the same information? And this is a really complex problem, but it helps us understand not only who we are and how we work, but why sometimes things don't work with other people. This is the problem of our perspectives. And, and, you know, like I said, he, the conversation here is epistemology. But just think about it as your perspective. And what I want to do is I want to look at the nature of what a perspective even is and then start looking at why it causes problems and, you know, what, what can we do about it. And I can't stress enough, you know, this conversation is so important. You know, you put two people together. There are these inevitable conflicts And if we could just understand what's going on behind the scenes with our perspectives, it can really help us have a proper sense of the terrain we're on and keep our different perspectives from, you know, devolving into chaos and division and animosity. And there's just this delirious obtusity when people start arguing about something all because they don't understand how perspectives work. I really believe that our culture ought to take time to understand what's going on here to the best degree possible with our finite perspectives, because if we could all understand this a little bit more, we might be able to avoid a lot of the problems that we have. 
So let's go back to our opening question. Because the general agreement when it comes to this weird, big, technical word called epistemology is that, first, there are two basic ways that we can know things. And secondly, what we know is always limited based on those two things. So the two ways that people talk about how you can know things is first with your mind, right? So you have this weird thing called consciousness. You have this awareness. You're able to think about and consider uh, that which is beyond just the world you're experiencing, right? You can consider infinity. You can't see infinity. You haven't experienced infinity, but you can think about it. Your mind is able to uh, interact with the world differently than your physical experience. And this is what's called rationalism. You know, you think about logic and reasoning, uh, the sort of processes that lead us to go like, there's this fact about the world. This is rationalism. Um, and it's intentionally separated from physical experience, that the mind somehow is able to interact with things in its own way. The other way that we can uh, develop a perspective, that we can know things, is through experience. You know, physical interaction with the world, you use your senses, you observe stuff, uh, and that tells you something about existence. And, and that is a kind of knowledge that's based on what's right in front of you, the things that you can see, touch, taste, feel, smell, all of that. So you have your mind and you have experience rationalism, and then that second one is often referred to as empiricism. But that brings us to our next problem, the second component of epistemology that's really important. What we know will be limited to what our minds are capable of and what experiences we have access to. There seems to be certain inadequacies with our mind and with our experience where neither one of them are perfect. And that means that anything we know is incomplete. So our first problem then with a perspective is that our minds are not infinite. So when we think about rationalism, we are not able to use our minds to understand every single thing that exists in the world. And this might just be because we don't have access to certain things. And you could say, well, listen, if we just had more time and energy and resources, then our minds could uh, find every single thing. But this is where this gets a little bit problematic because your mind, even if its capability is infinite, right? Enough time, you could figure out everything. Your mind will end. You're, you're going to die. And so you don't have infinite time. So even if, you know, technically your mind could do whatever you wanted it to, your mind has certain constraints that make it finite. And what this starts getting into is the essence of human nature, right? We have constraints and limitations as human beings. Literally, you can't know everything. And it's not because like you're somehow a failure as a human being. This is just how human beings work. There's a, a wide variety of takes on, you know, why that's the case. And, you know, every religious tradition, every philosophical tradition has their own details here. 
But one basic way to show that our minds are finite is just think about how you go about figuring something out. You know, there's there's the perspectives that say, you know, we're capable of figuring out everything. Um, but let's say you want to know how existence came into being. Right? And you might say, you know, it's not... It, you, it's not mysterious. It isn't beyond, beyond, beyond us. We just need more time and resources to do experiments and process the logic and we'll get there, right? Now, I disagree with that. You know, I'm of the opinion that our finitude means that there are certain things that are beyond us. You know, our knowledge is incomplete because there are certain things we're incapable of grasping because we're contingent beings, uh, be versus being an absolute transcendent being. There's all of that. Uh, but this is something that Heraclitus is even saying back 600 BC or so, um, when people came up with all of these myths to explain the origins of the universe. You know, think about Greek mythology. Uh, and he came around and he said, why are you even concerned about that? Humans aren't capable of understanding such things. What he's trying to say is that as the mind is not infinite, we're not able to know everything. And real quick, nerd moment here. So this is all about metaphysics. You know, are human beings contingent on a source of existence that makes life possible? And this other perspective I'm talking about here, I'm referencing, uh, you know, if you had enough science and research and, you know, postulation, you could figure everything out. That's called positivism. It was a really big deal in the 19th and 20th centuries. And what's happened as the further we've gone is science has actually uh, concluded that there is a certain limit to what we can know. Fascinating conversation. Anyways, the big issue here is if you had unlimited time and energy, but those things are finite in the span of your life, so your perspective also will always be finite because at least to some degree, you as a human being are. And that's so that's where we can see our minds can't know everything. Unless you happen to be like an immortal deity, demiurge, god person like we read about in ancient mythologies because, hey, people, even back then, really didn't want to be finite. Well, unless you're that, we have to conclude our perspectives are finite. Our mind and our ability to conceive of the world is not infinite. So that's one problem we face. But second, our perspectives are also limited, right? So even empiricists, okay, so people who go science and sensory observation, you know, we have to go out and explore the world, do research, collect data uh, based on what we can actually experience. Those are called the empiricists. They, They also said, but we can't study everything. Because we as human beings can't be everywhere at every place at every time throughout the entire span of history. We're limited. Now, they, they still thought that their mode was better than, you know, the rationalists. And this was actually a really big debate uh, around the Enlightenment. But the problem with experience is that it is contained to the human person and has to function by the same constraints of that human person. You can only know what you experience. And that's dependent on the time you have and the place you physically are. So your perspective, therefore, is also limited. 
But let's go back to the science question. You know, whatever research or rational reasoning you do, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. There's no such thing as just plain information. There's only information as it comes through your existence. And so the problem here is that you you can't see everything. You can't know everything. And even if your mind is capable of infinite knowledge, it exists through your experience, which is limited. This is the problem with epistemology. This is the problem with how we can know things and how much we can know. And what do we do with our knowledge? Because it's all dependent on our perspective, which is finite and it's limited. You only see what you experience within the constraints of the time that you have and the places you are. So quick recap. There's two main ways to know things. Mental cognition, your mind, thinking, logic, reasoning, rationalism, or your experience, sensory observation, empiricism, experiencing the world and knowing what it's like based on that. And beyond other problems that exist within those two ways of knowing, it's finite, it's limited, and those two ways, you know, rely on each other. Neither one of them exists separate. They're both constantly interacting at the same time, and they plague one another. Now, what this means is that one way that we can think about our perspectives is that they are egocentric. And I don't mean this, you know, to be necessarily negative. Uh, egocentrism is just a psychological reality. It's how we see the world. We see the world through our limited eyes. Selfishness is when your egocentrism becomes negative. I'm not talking about selfishness here. I'm talking about egocentrism. What we're talking about here when we say your mind's finite, your, your experience is limited, we're saying that you as a person naturally see the world simply through your eyes. You are egocentric by nature which means we live in a sort of myopia. We, we live with this nearsightedness. And this is, I'm going to use a big word here. This is what's called a phenomenological issue. And that's what makes all knowledge egocentric. Uh, and that's what makes it impossible to fully capture any sense of like full certainty, full knowledge. Phenomenology simply argues that how you experience the world is not the same thing as the objective nature of the world itself. You know, we, we can't see everything. We impart our own values and meaning to anything we experience. And so this is just a complicated way of saying your experience of something is not the full reality of the thing itself. Because you see the world through your eyes and it's limited and it's finite based on your mind and your experience. And this becomes really important, but think about it this way. You know, if you were to look at your house, you can't possibly see the whole house at one time because you can only see the house through your eyes, right? And you could walk around the house 
and see all of the house in separate moments. Uh, but you can't, you can't, you don't have the capability of seeing the whole house at once. You also can't see the house over the duration of time within a single moment. Right? You could look at video of the the house over time, but you can't see all of the house's lifespan in one moment, nor can you see how the house has changed from moment to moment. You can think about it, but you can't comprehend all of that all at once. Nor can, you know, you can't see the totality of materials or the ideas that went into creating the house or all of the experience that have made the house into what it is in one single moment. And yeah, you could use photographic technology, but many philosophers have argued this doesn't actually capture conscious awareness. So, comes to your house. You don't see everything. Yet, you also don't just see a box of wood and metal, do you? When you think about house, when you think about home, you see memories and ideas and values and emotions and concerns, but you also seem to understand that this house has a purpose. It, there's there's something that it says about your identity and your family and the community. What phenomenology does to the conversation on perspective and epistemology forces us to recognize that our perspectives are constantly under the constraint of our eyes and our experience and our minds. We are bringing something to the knowledge we have itself. We are myopic by nature, which means the nature of our perspective is egocentric. We only ever see what we see, which is limited, which means we never see the whole thing. A philosopher named Immanuel Kant, he phrased it that perception is not reality. In fact, your perception of any one thing can never fully be reality. Because there are elements of life and the world that you can't harness because your specific egocentric perspective is in your way. So what do we do with our perspectives? Because what this means is that everything you think is subjective based on what you think. And that's not to go, um, you know, everything you think is just your flat out opinion. It's saying it's subjective because it's not the totality of existence and reality. So what do we do with our myopic, egocentric, limited, finite perspectives? But first we need to ask, is this actually a problem? You know, what if this just is how it is? Maybe it's not a bad thing. So is this a problem? So that's what we'll do on the next episode. But for now, I think we just need to consider, what does this say about us? You know, think back to our first question. Is there anything that you know everything about? Well, if we're honest about ourselves, the answer would be no. And this raises a huge concern for folks because we want to have certainty. In fact, that's one of the biggest psychological drives of, of human existence. We desire that. And what most philosophers have come to the conclusion on over history is that certainty might be elusive. We might not be able to be certain about anything. 
our perspectives might be kind of permanently subjective. And this raises the question, well, is there a such thing as objective truth? And the real issue there isn't that there is no truth. The issue is that you, in and of yourself, do not contain nor conclude what is true because it's only your perspective. It's only based on what your mind's been able to conceive of in its finitude and what your experience and its limitations has been able to experience. Your perspective is but a small reflection of reality. And certainty and objective truth might not be able to be completely configured just by you. That doesn't mean that objective truth is non-existent. And it's just very inaccessible to finite, limited human beings. In fact, Immanuel Kant, who, who I brought up, he was quite concerned about this very issue. He worked very hard to come up with uh, ways that could uh, confirm that you know we could know objective reality. But we need to be honest that we aren't working with all the information. And the information we are working with is quite unique to us. If there is an object of truth, it's not going to be contained within the singularity of your being. We don't know everything because we can't know everything. And that impossibility requires us to be honest about the subjective nature of our perspective, which should impact how we interact with others. You know, the beautiful thing about your perspective is it doesn't have to be a problem if we are honest about the shortcomings and are wise in how we use our limitations and finitude. Not only are you not working with all the information, none of us are working with all of the information. And so that impacts how we interact with others who have, are working with the same constraints as us. And so that's where we will pick up next time. But for now, may you see that we don't know everything because we can't know everything. Our minds are finite. Our experience is limited. And our perspectives, egocentrically, aren't going to be able to know it all. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.